Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody welcome to the latest episode of chillin in the state house i'm andrew ball one half of our state government team at the topeka capital journal slash gannett kansas and i'm here with my better half jason tid jason how's it going sir going pretty well finally rested up from a weekend of covering the capital's special committee on COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And government overreach. Don't forget the government overreach part. The most important part of the overreach <laughs> committee. Um, yes, it has been a busy week. We had some legislator jurisprudence news last weekend, but what we're really going to talk about today is uh, we're back with more COVID vaccine talk because, folks, it just keeps getting more and more interesting I do want to say, though, Jason, we're not going to talk about the Sunflower Showdown tomorrow. You're wearing purple, I noticed, and I suspect that's in honor of your beloved Wildcats. Yes, let's go with that. <laughs> I, I I did not remember when picking out my shirt today. I don't usually put much thought into what I wear. Uh, yeah, you should just go but, with it. But yes, go Cats. By the time you're listening to this, K-State probably will have demolished Kansas. <laughs> and if they <laughs> don't, football. I will be crying. <laughs> Um, you know, we have, we have, we, well, last time we talked about COVID vaccine mandates, there wasn't a lot of concrete stuff to talk about. One could argue we still don't have a ton of concrete stuff to talk about, but there's a lot of other things floating around. And why don't we start with the news today? Because I think that'll lay the groundwork today being Friday. Uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt announced Kansas has joined six other states in a lawsuit over the what's colloquially known as the OSHA mandate, the large employer mandate, or employers with over 100 uh, employees will have to either require them to be vaccinated or test every week. We knew this was coming. This wasn't a shock. Yeah, that, this is one of multiple federal vaccine mandates. Uh, just to recap, President Biden had promised vaccine mandates for healthcare settings uh, that receive Medicaid and Medicare funding. Uh, so nursing homes, hospitals, lots of them affected across the state and across the country. Then there is one for federal workers, including the military. And we already, so the reason why this is news now is because the federal government unveiled the rule, the actual formal rules for the OSHA and CMS mandates, but we had yeah. the contractor rules already. Yeah, yeah we, we got contractor rules, I think about a month ago, may, maybe less than that. And Derek Schmidt announced a lawsuit a week ago against on the, the contractor on, on the contractor side. And that's important because we mentioned uh, Jason's beloved 
uh, Kansas State Wildcats, uh, the three major research universities in Kansas. KU, K State, Wichita State. Well, we don't we don't talk about KU on here in honor of your. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding, Rock Talk Jayhawk. Um, the three major research universities are going to have to comply with that because yeah. they they have almost. I, I think it was a billion, billion dollars in grants from the federal government. Yeah, and not complying with the contractor mandate could set them up to potentially lose some or all of that funding. Which would be a, a big blow for the state, obviously. And the Board of Regents was cognizant of that in, in putting that guidance out. Um, yeah, so Derek Schmidt signed on with a Georgia-based federal lawsuit that includes several other states uh, to challenge the contractor mandate. Announced that, I think, Saturday of last week. Uh, then today he announced the lawsuit against the uh, federal large employer workers uh, businesses with at least a hundred workers and then there's the federal health care worker mandate which to my knowledge has not faced a lawsuit yeah in Kansas. I'm, I'm sure someone out there is working on it um yeah, and, and I mean, so this is kind of laying the groundwork. This is what we know, and we're very quickly going to get into the uncertainty part of this because we're not even sure how these lawsuits are going to fare. I mean, legal experts are saying that we, you know, there's a lot of un- uncertainty. The attorney general, the attorneys general, because there are many of them <laughs> who are filing these lawsuits, um, are, are probably on the OSHA lawsuit going to. Their arguments going to hinge on whether the emergency rulemaking process that OSHA used. Uh, whether when that was dreamed up, this kind of uh, uh, event was was accounted for, you know, that, that is is COVID nineteen a grave threat to workers' safety is the language I believe that's used, and and that will be for the courts to decide. But you know, legal experts are saying it's not clear how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, if you are working in a place with, I mean, if if you're in a meatpacking plant with hundreds of other workers carving up animals for the rest of us to enjoy during our tailgates at football games, you you might feel unsafe working next to unmasked co-workers. Who, where unvaccinated. You don't know, un, unvaccinated, unmasked co-workers who you don't know what they do on their weekends. It, but Conversely, I mean, you could argue that you could get COVID in grocery store buying the meat for your tailgate and conversely we work for a company that employs thousands of journalists across the country but we work us two of us in an office so are we at risk from the other workers in our company that we never even come into physical contact with daily i mean they're interesting questions and the court will will you you imagine that this these will be adjudicated and consolidated fairly quickly. Um, as far as at the state level, what will happen? You know, last week was the first two meetings of the aforementioned um, government overreach COVID nineteen vaccine mandate uh, special committee. Just because there isn't a lot of concrete stuff to talk about, doesn't mean that people didn't take the time to talk at these oh, meetings. Oh yes, and talk and talk and talk some more um yeah so the the first two meetings the reason why there was so much talking is because the bulk of these meetings were set aside for public comment and 
the public that showed up, I don't know that this is representative of Kansas as a whole, but the public that showed up were opposed to the vaccine, not even just opposed to the vaccine mandates, opposed to the vaccine. And I think it's safe to say that COVID-19 vaccine misinformation was rampant. Is that that fair to say? I'd say public comment was about 100 to 1 on pro-vaccine mandate versus anti-vaccine mandate. With the anti-vaccine mandate having Having the the 100. And and there were also hundreds of pages of uh, at least 250 pages within the first two PDF uploads of additional written-only comment submitted for this meeting. I'm curious. So you listened to the public comment on Saturday. I was listening to the hearing on Friday, which we'll get to in a second. And that one was divided between invited folks, the attorney general, uh, the Kansas chamber, and then the public comment. Uh, what were your main takeaways from not even necessarily what the what the public said, but how legislators reacted to to what they were hearing? So Saturday, they really set it up to hear and listen from the public. Uh, committee members were not really allowed to ask questions of the people who came to talk to them. Uh, So there really wasn't much response from the people sitting up in in their elected offices. Uh, There were occasional comments from Chairwoman Renee Erickson, a Republican from Wichita, but one that came to mind was when somebody said we aren't challenging the federal contractor mandate and Erickson corrected that to say actually this morning we are yeah Uh, but there really wasn't much else information wise or question wise coming from the legislators and some could say that's a problem because they did not push back on any of the misinformation or other claims made during public comment. Well, and on Friday, that that really touched off into controversy because there was a gentleman, and he was one of the folks who was invited uh, from a machinist union in Wichita, accusing people who aren't vaccinated and, and, and calling them out on that was, quote, preserving and perpetuating the ideology of a modern day racist we're basically saying you're the modern day Jew. You're going to wear that star and we don't give a damn if you complain about it or not. Apologies to the, for the fruity language. But after that, Representative Brenda Landwehr, a Republican from Wichita, appeared to agree with that sentiment. And, and she also circled back later and, and, um, and said that some of the remarks during the committee hearing reminded her of comments from a documentary on Nazi Germany that she watched. So this, there was some uproar over this. Although Republicans, uh, Representative Landwehr says that, that she did not say what we all took her comments to, to mean and, and Senate President Ty Masterson declined to condemn the remarks. He, he said it was just an example of both sides uh, uh, being impassioned about about the, the topic. And the union president from Wichita, uh, the international union, condemned his remarks. And he later apologized for them, but it was more, I'm sorry that my comments were taken out of context. Right. It was a... Not an apology apology, I think is probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. And the Kansas Democratic Party hosted a call with 
a rabbi and one of their own members who one of the house members who happens to be a Jew and they explained why these comments can be hurtful right and in in context i think it's worth pointing out this kind of rhetoric has been used in other states with vaccine mandates but also other policies uh in recent months so kansas i guess is joining an unfortunate trend on that front um that kind of sucked a lot of the air out of <laughs> the first day of, of the hearings and those comments returned during the second day of hearings right a lot of the people in the public had some similarly similar rhetoric it seemed like um i mean there was a gentleman uh, we can we don't need to get too far into this but there was a gentleman who went on an expletive related rant targeted at a uh, member of the capitol press corps so you know the tensions were running high um but what one one exchange though i think that might be illuminating we'll, we'll we can touch on briefly is um the 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 lobbyists for the kansas chamber which is a very powerful group the, the, the principal business lobby for the state uh presented basically saying you know we we oppose the vaccine mandate uh, at the federal level or even directly if the state's not going to do a vaccine mandate but you know we would oppose a state level mandate as well but historically the kansas chamber has opposed saying businesses can't do a mandate they just say you know government should stay out of this and what was interesting is the lobbyist for the Kansas Chamber, who usually gets a pretty good reception from Republican legislators, was kind of grilled a little bit. Uh, uh, Eric Stafford, correct, mm-hmm. uh, from the Kansas Chamber, was saying, you know, we are just opposed to government mandates. If a business feels like it is in their best interest to mandate on their own masks or vaccines, then the business should be free to do that. One of his examples was a nursing home might feel that it is in their best interest to mandate that their employees be vaccinated in order to protect their customers, the residents of the facility. And kind of a free market argument, basically, that, you know, if customers feel unsafe, they're going to go elsewhere, and that's how the free market works. Right. And also, it can potentially. Decisions like that can potentially affect your liability as a business. Uh, And Senate President Ty Masterson, a Republican from Andover, did not seem very keen to those arguments. Uh, At one point, he said that businesses do not have constitutional rights, which businesses do, to some degree, have constitutional rights, Uh, which was an interesting exchange to hear normally pro-business Republicans now be not so pro-business when being pressured to oppose vaccines and vaccine mandates. Well, it was interesting. I mean, you were showing me the video. One of the three Democrats on the committee sits next to Senator Masterson, and and he he kind of looked up almost as if he couldn't believe what he was hearing when the when the senate president made those remarks that was, uh, it was uh john carmichael right from wichita yeah wichita democrat and in it just goes to show that that this is we are kind of entering into i think new territory in terms of um in terms of uh the kind of rhetoric that we're hearing and and the, and and what we're seeing and you know legislators were pretty clear they don't have a firm direction of which way they want to head in terms of a policy response to the vaccine mandates we talked about this before there's not a lot they can do 
frankly, aside from cheer on the attorneys general who are suing. But um, but they'll be back this coming week on Tuesday with maybe a more legal, maybe a more narrow uh, take on, and, on the issue. And maybe a more constructive, at least in trying to find possible solutions to this problem that they see. Uh, I We don't have an idea. We don't have inside knowledge of what they're going to propose. Uh, we've heard calls for a special session, a so-called Patriots Freedom Bill, uh, that has a wide-ranging uh, calls for anti-mandates and kind of crosses into more of a anti-vax territory even in parts yeah. well and also but, there there's protection so if you get fired or quit lose your job in some way over a vaccine mandate you can collect unemployment uh, and, and that, that could be one area that the legislature could act they could potentially make it so that way you could get unemployment benefits if you lose your job because of a vaccine mandate well, and uh, one big development since we last talked is we learned of another opponent of the vaccine mandates, and it's one that you may not expect, and that's Governor Laura Kelly, who came out in the last couple of days with, uh, first she was talking to reporters yesterday in Wyandotte County, said she didn't think that the vaccine mandates would be effective, and today followed it up, with, her office followed up with a statement that uh, gets at the matter, I think, even more strongly. Yeah, for the past couple months, we really hadn't had a firm idea of where she would come down on the issue. I believe her office had said, you know, we haven't seen the written rules yet, so we want to wait to see what they say. And what did she say? The statement is, yesterday I reviewed the new vaccine mandate from the Biden administration. While I appreciate the intention to keep people safe a goal I share. I don't believe this directive is the correct or the most effective solution for Kansas. She continued, states have been leading the fight against COVID-19 from the start of the pandemic. It is too late to impose a federal standard now that we have already developed systems and strategies that are tailored for our specific needs. I will seek a resolution that continues to recognize the uniqueness of our state and builds on our ongoing efforts to combat a once-in-a-century crisis. And maybe the most noteworthy part of that is that last line, that she will seek a resolution. What does that mean? What kind of resolution? We don't know. And does she support if the a special session? Well, she said, told reporters yesterday she doesn't, so we can rule that out. But if the governor is listening and wants to come on the podcast and talk about the solutions she'd be in support of, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Um, this is significant, I think, on many levels. It's significant at a Kansas level because the governor is running for re-election. It's significant on a national level because I think she's the first Democratic governor to come out with such strong hesitation on on the federal uh uh, vaccine plan and, and just a few weeks ago didn't she suggest that this special committee on overreach was maybe silly yeah i mean she gave choice? comments that she you know didn't see it as the most productive thing in the world which I, to be clear she's not really gone on the record to change her mind on that 
But it yeah. it is, and, and the committee has not been very productive <laughs> so far. But now she kind of seems to validate the committee in a way that Democrats had not before. Well, and also I think it's worth noting what happened earlier this week in Virginia when a uh, Republican Glenn Youngkin won. I don't want to say it was an upset because I think some people predicted it, but it was maybe a wake-up call for Democrats nationally in a state that they had started, I think, to take for granted. The governor is obviously in a much redder state than Virginia, and perhaps it was a sign that maybe this is not an issue to be taken lightly. You know, these some of these concerns from folks opposed to the mandates. Right. I mean, if the opinion is that vaccine mandates don't work she could have said that two months ago she wanted to see the rules first but how do the rules affect whether or not it works well the next time we see her i think we're going to see her next week at some point well we may have to follow up on that point um looking forward as we said this week uh tuesday tuesday legislators are back in town in this committee the court case will percolate. Uh, I imagine it will get joined up with all the other court uh, lawsuits out there. Um, but in the meantime, um, barring any sort of stay, early December is when the contractor mandate takes effect. And January 4th, I think, is when the OSHA and CMS mandates take effect. Right. So we probably will be hearing from a court at some point in there. But uh, if not, circle those dates on your calendars, folks. And probably hearing from a court that is not in Kansas. Probably not. The The Attorney General, uh, Jarek Schmidt, the lawsuit he signed on to is in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati. So, go Reds. And that's for the federal... Right. The, 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 OSHA, the OSHA one. Yeah. And then the federal contractor one is based out of the Southern District of Georgia. So, he just wanted to honor the world champion Atlanta Braves, I think. Continuing with the baseball references. So, um, well, we will be at that committee hearing and we will be at everything state government related in the future. Uh, if you want to follow our work, you can do so at cjonline.com or you can follow the Capital Journal on Twitter at cjonline. And Jason, where can they find you on Twitter? At Jason underscore Tid. And they can find me, you all, dear listeners, can find me at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And if you like the podcast, which, you know, if you've made it this far, you probably do. Or, or you're just pretty chill. Or you're just really chill. Um, come chill out with us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can just go to cjonline.com and we post there uh, every Monday when we are recording which we are again we're committing to doing more podcasts in the run-up to the legislative session so stay tuned for that thanks again for listening uh or thanks for the first time for listening we look forward to having you back here again